Welcome to Soul Smart. Hi, I'm Joanna Hennen, and this is Soul Smart, the podcast that explores the hidden side of success. You see, being successful isn't about always doing more, it's about being soul smart, using your intuition, spiritual connection, the law of attraction, and everything else you have access to as a powerful soul to create more of what you want. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, it's Joanna, and this is episode 38 of the Soul Smart Podcast. And today we're talking with Holly Wharton about how to get past your addiction to being busy, to busyness, and how to stop judging yourself based on how much you get done, based only on achievement. So I'm really looking forward to your thoughts about this particular conversation that Holly and I had especially because we come at this topic to separate places, like two different places, because Holly is at a different point in the journey than I am. And so, yeah, I just think it's a really interesting conversation. But before we get into that, I just wanted to say a couple of words about something that I've really been thinking about and something that's, yeah, really on my mind a lot these days. And that's how important it is to be willing to pause and go a little bit deeper into what you're feeling and what you're thinking and what's kind of happening in your head and how that's showing up around you. And I'll tell you why I've been thinking about this. It's because I've been considering why I'm still doing weekly messages of guidance. So I started channeling like a little message for my community probably like five years ago every week. So I've been doing this for years and years and years every Monday. And it used to be free. And then I moved it over to only for patrons, which isn't free, but it's only a dollar a month. And you still get this message of guidance every Monday. And I was thinking recently that like, I really hate to be super consistent with stuff. And it's really difficult for me to commit to things that have to be done every single week. And yet I've been really, really consistent with this. So I was just asking myself why, whether I still enjoy it and that kind of thing. And when I was doing last week's message, I found myself thinking that I really enjoy it because the guidance that comes through is so specific and so actionable. And like the little lesson that I include with the message is so actionable, so practical that I really think it's helpful for me and for anybody who's listening to it, right? And it's just got me to thinking about what place that kind of practice, that willingness to receive guidance, to ask for guidance, to not just receive the guidance, but really think about the guidance and really like go a little bit deeper into how a message pertains to my particular situation and the particular things that I'm struggling with in the moment, like how all that, that whole practice has affected my life and contributed to my success. And I cannot think, honestly, you guys, like I cannot think of anything else in my life that's had the same kind of impact. I think we get so busy and so overrun with thoughts, with goals, with all sorts of stuff that we lose sight of who we are and what's really important to us and what we believe and what needs to shift 
and what we're choosing for, and all these kind of deeper questions. And so being willing to have a practice where you sit down and either journal on or meditate on some kind of deeper question about yourself and your place in the world and where you're going and how you're feeling and all that stuff, that's magic. Like that's where the magic is. That moment of stopping is what's going to create momentum in your life and what's going to create space for new opportunities and what's going to help you to be aligned enough with your higher self, with your highest potential, to be willing and able to spot the right choices and to have the confidence to take them. And so I just want to encourage you, I didn't think about this, this fits in so well with today's topic of getting past your addiction to busyness, But I really encourage you to take this time, even if it's five minutes a day where you sit down with a journal, with a notebook, or even if it's a meditation. I'm not a huge meditator, but if meditation is the thing that works for you, then by all means, (laughs) do that. I'm more of a journal person. Sometimes I'll do a visualization, but usually I like to just journal stuff out. And even going, just sitting down with your notebook and a question like, how can I feel better today? Or how do I really feel about this? Or why is this getting me so angry? Like anything like that will just do wonders, absolute wonders for your personal growth. And so for your ability to really be present in the world and to get the most out of life, right? Because that's what it's all about. We all want to have a deeper, more meaningful, more satisfying life experience. And this is a real big part of it, like that willingness to just be with yourself and your thoughts and your emotions and work through stuff. And the more you do this, the more you'll understand that you have loads of answers within you. And really, all you need to do is make that space to ask the questions and receive the answers. So I just wanted to say that. And if you have trouble with this or if you don't know like what to explore, then come join us on Patreon. Every Monday, you'll receive a message and journal questions, an audio where I share my own experience with that particular theme and how I've worked through it and what I've realized. And so it'll get you thinking about something a little bit different, something a little bit deeper, something that probably you wouldn't have thought to address on your own because it's usually something uncomfortable. And we tend to only address the questions that we feel are easy and safe. And so those pieces of guidance, those weekly messages are going to push you outside of that comfort zone and really like essentially super boost your growth and your personal development. So join me there if you feel called to. In any case, make sure you're making space to just be with yourself and your emotions and just that awareness of what's happening for you and why. And enjoy this episode about getting past your addiction to busyness. Hi, Joanna. Hi, Holly. I'm super excited that we're back for another podcast episode. It's been a while, I think. It has. I've missed you, even though I've been in touch with you. (laughs) We've just not been podcasting. (laughs) So today we're talking about how to get past your addiction to busyness. And we're both kind of coming from very different places on this. Joanna is further down the journey than I am. So I think this is going to be a really useful and juicy conversation because I think that a lot of people who listen to this are probably addicted to business, even if they think they're not, as Joanna has just told me I am, even though I think I'm not. <laughs> but I think I, I think like it's important to note that we probably all, maybe most, but I'm going to say all because yeah. it sounds stronger, 
Um, <laughs> we all have the same starting point. And I think yeah. we all start with being addicted to busyness and glorifying busyness and mm -hmm. all this stuff because of the way we're brought up and because mm -hmm. of the last, you know, the most recent stage of human history. Mm -hmm. It was what it was. And hard work was really, really important. And busyness was attached to hard work. And so, you know, we kind of grew up with a lot of these ideas. So it's not something that's just relevant for, for a few of us. I think most of us yeah. struggle or have struggled with this or like it's, it's somehow it's like all pervasive, right? Yeah, it is. It is. So what is addiction to business? Well, I think that it's an unwillingness to be non-busy. Mm, to be still, to be quiet. Or to just be not busy. Like, you know, I went to an event in London recently and I, I saw Denise Duffield Thomas uh, mm -hmm. speak about some things that she writes about in her fantastic book, Chillpreneur. We're gonna, <laughs> I'll put in a plug for it here because I I, I've started reading it now and I think it's really, really great. But one of the things she says in her introduction is that she's a, an unbusy mom of three. Mm. Because And she said she did that intentionally because whenever women are portrayed in, in the press or whatever, like anywhere, if there being a mother is mentioned, it's mentioned as a busy mom of three or a busy mm. mom of two. And so she wanted to make a point of her being unbusy. She doesn't want to identify with being a busy mom. Mm. And I thought that was really cool because it's kind of, it's a thing that we tend to assume and that people assume about us, right? And I, and I know that Denise, for example, and I think this is really great, just consciously says, like if somebody says to her, oh, I know you're really busy, so something, she'll say, I'm not. Mm. <laughs> you know, just consciously like unstick yourself. Yeah. That busyness and be willing to be something else doesn't mean you're still, but it just means that you're not like hurrying all the time. Mm. And I hate hurrying all the time. And you know that I've come from a decade ago of with my first business being, you know, overworked, super busy, burnt out. And I think that's where I really solidified this addiction to business because my business partner was a workaholic, was always portraying the image of someone who worked even harder than he actually did. It was like we weren't allowed to say when we were taking a day off or an afternoon off or, you know, doing something else. We always had to portray that image of working even harder than we worked, which was pretty hard. You know, I came from that cultural tradition of being addicted to business, but that decade of my life really solidified it for me. And I feel like I've spent the last 11 years really trying to unpick that. So do you think hard work is the same as busyness, though? <sighs> no. No, I don't. No, right? No. I know loads of people who are super busy, but I mean, they're not actually like creating anything of any value. Yeah. Okay. But, okay, but that's something different as well, I suppose. I mean, staying busy is just using your time mm. to do stuff. Yeah. And, and perhaps using your time to do stuff in an inefficient way. Yeah, sometimes. But I think it's like this glorification of doing, yeah. right? of producing, of being productive. Like this is like the holy grail of yeah. everything is to do more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Smart, sure, smarter yeah. and in better ways, but in, you know, in effect to produce more, to contribute more. Mm. And like I have a lot of clients who really struggle with this piece of not contributing like mm. who are you if you're not producing something who are you if you're not contributing to a collective 
if you're not like not pulling your weight. Mm-hmm. So if you strip all that away and you just stop, if you stop doing, then what do you have left? You're lazy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a rhetorical question, but I'll go with that. <laughs> I know. I, <laughs> I couldn't resist. Yeah. But, but well, I think it, lazy, right? Like yeah. we're so scared of being judged as lazy. I'm so scared of judging myself as lazy. Mm. And I don't think I am. And I don't think I ever have been lazy, but I'm so afraid of it. But what if you what if you were lazy? Like lazy is actually I mean I, I'm talking about Denise a lot today. Yeah. I just I'm reading her book and I just you know I'm just learning a lot from her at the moment. But lazy is another word that she's reclaiming. Okay. So she's calling like she's describing the way she runs her multi-million dollar business as a little bit lazy or a lot lazy in fact. So what's wrong with being lazy? So to me lazy it has negative connotations. Whereas if you were to say relaxed or chilled, like the title of her book, Chillpreneur, that has positive connotations. But to me, being lazy is someone who is not contributing to society, not working, not being productive, not... So? I know, I know. But like... See, but that's just the thing. Like, what's, what's so bad? Like, really? What's so bad about being lazy? Well, okay. So I think if we go back to, like, hunter-gatherer times, like, we all had to contribute. Like, unless you were, like, ill or had a broken leg, if you were a man, you had to hunt. If you were a woman, you had to gather. And if you were unwell, maybe you had to, like, herd the children. But, like, you had to contribute to society. Like, yeah, because so maybe, otherwise everybody would die. Exactly. So maybe that's where this comes from. Maybe this is like ingrained from our ancestors that we have to contribute to society. Otherwise, we're all going to fall apart. I think that's one aspect. But like another thing that I think is involved here is the concept of self-worth and identity. Because hmm. like, I think we tie it together with that, you know, so like, if you don't contribute, you're not a worthy person. You're worthless. You're worthless. Yeah. Because we judge ourselves by how much we get done. This is actually yeah. a conversation I have with clients all the time. Like, <laughs> and I had I had a really interesting conversation with one of my clients recently, where I was like, you know, if you weren't judging yourself on how much you got done today, hmm. what else could you judge your success or well being hmm. by? And she said to me, she's like, I know that this isn't the right answer, but I have to say that I think you're being ridiculous, ridiculous to even suggest that I could judge my success or well-being by anything else than how much I get done. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, and it just shows that it's, it's so all pervasive. This is a woman who's like super conscious and super yeah. intuitive and super into energy work and like, you know, all those things. And she's <laughs> living her life, like judging herself by how much she gets done today. Yeah. And, and we're all doing that. Yeah, in the yeah. End. I do that too. I do that too. Like when I have a day where I'm like really focused and I get a lot done and I'm like burnt out by the end of the day because I've been like hyper focused for seven hours, like I feel like I had a good day. I got stuff done. I've reduced the amount of emails in my inbox. I did, you know, other work. I was very productive. And I feel really proud of myself. Whereas if I like went out and like went on a long walk in the forest and like felt amazing, like, that's another way to judge success because I, you know, felt amazing, but I don't see that as 
Right. So you have to train yourself to see yeah. that. Now, I mean, I, this is what we do. So I run a community called the Soul Space. This is what we do. This is we choose an alignment focus that will help us to feel better feel more how we want to feel. And actually, you mentioned you feel proud of yourself. One of my uh, Soul Space members recently chose the word proud mm-hmm. because she could not even like fathom how she could possibly be feel proud of herself until she achieved her next thing, what you know, what, what her current goal is. Wow. Yeah. And that's, you know, and I was like, well, what if you play with being proud of yourself every day? Mm-hmm. And she was like, clearly I need this, you know, because mm-hmm. that's that just like scares the crap out of me. Yeah. And so, you know, so we have to kind of retrain ourselves to choose different markers mm. of success so we're not judging ourselves by how much we get done. Because honestly, mm. that, that isn't so important. And, yeah. you know, in the grand scheme of things, how many emails you answer today doesn't really matter. No. Right? But what matters is that you're living, like, a life in your fullest potential. Mm. <sighs> That's meaningful and purposeful yeah. and gratifying. Yeah. That's what matters. Yeah. So, I mean, as I said to you before we started recording, Holly, like, I mean, I'm, I don't want to pretend like I have it all sorted, but I do feel like I got past a lot of this stuff. Like in the last two years, mm. I've retrained myself to feel good based on other things or mm. actually to feel good based on nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> To feel good just because I'm me. Mm. And you're alive. And that's it. Yeah. I'm just me in my life. And at the end of the day, I no longer think about like, you know, okay, I got this stuff done and therefore I had a good day. I just think about that I have a good day. And mm. sometimes that involves getting stuff done and sometimes that it doesn't, yeah. you know. <laughs> and that's it's been the most liberating thing I've ever done for myself is to kind of detach from this and in a way that doesn't mean that I give up on my goals because I'm still super driven and super goal oriented. Mm. Right. But I also at some point noticed that I wasn't enjoying the journey. And as I always say, what's the journey? The journey is your life. Mm. <laughs> like, Why would you not aim to enjoy that? <laughs> yeah. Like your life isn't just those moments when you realize you've achieved the goal. It's, it's everything in between achieving the goals or not achieving the goals. Well, yeah. And, and in my experience and the experience of, I think everybody I've ever worked with, when you're that, that focused on goal achievement as a measure yeah. of your worth, then it'll never be enough. As soon as you achieve this goal, you'll be like, yay, I achieved this goal. And then you go on to the next goal. And that's it. So you're constantly living your life in I don't measure up mode because I haven't achieved it yet. Like the it keeps moving. You you basically keep moving the goalposts, right? So today you want to answer emails. Tomorrow you want to write a book. The next day you want to, I don't know, retrain as a nurse, like whatever those (laughs) things are. Yeah, that's not the career for me. I don't, I don't know nurse. why that was my example. I'd be a terrible nurse. <laughs> no, but I think that's really interesting because I've just been, as we've talked about, like planning, like doing my year in review, planning my year for next year. And I made my list of like goals. And some of them are goals, like getting my black belt next year. But a lot of them are just stuff that I want to experience, like courses that I'm taking, like going on walks. And I've realized that it's a huge shift because, you know, years before it would have been like, I'm going to write X amount of books and I'm going to like get so many people sign up to my mailing list and so many people, you know, subscribe to my YouTube or whatever. Like it would have been like metric goals. Whereas now it's more like, 
experience goals or like things that I want to make sure I experience. Yeah, and that's, you know, that that's that's part of the shift, right? Is to let yourself do more of the stuff that you actually enjoy. Yeah. But the next step is to let yourself feel awesome and successful and all these things even if you don't achieve any of the the things that you've labeled as goals mm. and you only do the experiences. Yeah. Right? And that's the hard bit because we we seem to need some kind of measure. Yeah of self-worth of yeah of contribution we want to feel like we matter like mm. we're doing something useful with our time like we're not wasting mm. yeah right? so why is addiction to busyness such a problem do you think it's a problem because it makes us feel like crap yeah i mean that that's the for me yeah that for for me that's where the transformation started as well where i was like dude, like, this is my life. Mm. <laughs> and I'm sitting here, you know, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, like feeling really shitty about myself, mm. because I'm not achieving these things. And, you know, and I, I had to just talk to myself about, like, why I want to achieve these things, but also like, whether I'd be okay, if I never achieved these things. Mm. And what would happen then? And that's yeah. a that's a question that I ask clients all the time as well, because that's something that like the personal development industry almost like hides under the carpet, doesn't want you to ask that question. Yeah. But I think it's super important. Like, what are you gonna do if you don't achieve your thing? What are you gonna do if you don't write your books? Like, what am I gonna do if I never move to Ireland? Like, mm. am I gonna be miserable for the next forty years of my life because I didn't achieve that one thing? Yeah, exactly. No. When you look at it that way, of course the answer is no. But some people do. Like some people don't, you know, have the husband and kids or don't get the big job or don't, you know, have these life achievements that they want. And so they use that as an excuse to be miserable. If that's their choice. They're exactly. not consciously. And I don't think that's a conscious choice. They're not no, actually not. saying I didn't achieve this and therefore now I choose to be miserable. Yeah. No, they, no, no. they think they don't understand that it is a choice. This is something that's really, really important. I mentioned, I feel a bit, a bit silly because I keep mentioning clients today, but I don't find another word for it. And I don't want to mention names, obviously. Yeah, but obviously. I, I, I was working with someone else last week and my heart like literally like swelled up when she left me this message. She said, I get it. She said, this undesirable thing happened. So something happened to her. And she's like, and I found myself thinking, I choose not to be miserable about this. Mm. I choose to feel something else. Yeah. And she's like, I think I finally get it, that it is a choice. Yeah. That we can't control the things that happen, but we can always control what we do with that, right? Yes. So then if you feel like you're failing at business, you feel really crappy about yourself, right? But you could make a different choice. You could learn to be happier about your life in general or mm. like not base everything on something that results-oriented. Mm. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think a lot of times we also choose busyness to keep our minds occupied. So we don't think about all the shit that we have going on in our lives that makes us unhappy. Yeah, I've heard so many people say like that they're afraid mm. to like, do like introspection stuff because yeah. their exact words were things like I'm afraid of what I'm going to find. Exactly. But the thing is that stuff is still there affecting you, even though you're not looking at it in the face. It's still kind yeah. of got that undercurrent of shit that's crapping on your yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. 
Wow, so, we're you we're using some great language. I today. know, sorry. Please, please don't quote us. Yeah. <laughs> These are super profound images. <laughs> but you yeah, know we're <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I've been there. Like I've been in a place where my life was really, really dark and bad and I was choosing not to do anything about it because I was too scared to do anything about it. And that was the best I could do at the time. And yeah. and I kept myself very, very busy. Because it was so much easier to stay busy than to look at the crap that I wasn't doing anything about in my life, which was the more important stuff. But I was looking at the less important stuff because that was easier. Yeah, it's easier. And I've been there too, uh, loads of times. So I totally, totally get it. But it's easier, but it's also valued as more, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, for example, like I've mentioned my jigsaw puzzles several times on this podcast. (laughs) I'm going to do that again because I think it's a really, really good example because it's a hobby that takes up relative amount of time to put together a puzzle like my mom once she was like how do you have time to do all these puzzles like shouldn't you be really busy (laughs) (laughs) shouldn't you be really busy i can't can't remember what she said yeah but she's supposed to be really busy because i do i have a lot of things on my plate but for me it was part of the life that i wanted to create was to have the space to do these puzzles and i was willing at that time to be okay with people's judgment hmm that I'm not ambitious enough or I could be doing more in my work or creating Mm -hmm. something more and like spending time on something that's valuable. Yeah, yeah. But also when we give ourselves permission to do the puzzle or whatever, that's like resting our brain. Yes, it is. And for a while, like my puzzle was the only thing that would rest my brain actually, because it was the only thing that like took up some kind of mental energy so that I wasn't thinking about other things. But like, we don't want to fall into the trap of making it about some other kind of result either. Like just doing it because it's nice, because you enjoy it. You know, Anne Wilson, the wealth chef, she loves to knit or crochet, one of them, I can't remember. But she doesn't need a thousand scarves, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, So what she does, she goes through a project and she knits something and then she unravels it and uses the wool for something else. Oh, wow. I know. And she said it's a really, really good exercise in not being attached to the outcome and doing something for the pure enjoyment of the process. Hmm. It's very interesting. Like, who would be willing to do that? Yeah. Right? And it doesn't have to be just a knitting. But, I mean, the puzzle is the same thing, right? Because as Mm. soon as I finish the puzzle, I destroy it and take out something else. Yeah. So it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. But where else in our lives would we be willing to be that detached from an outcome and just hmm. really sink into the process of creating. Yeah. That'd be like writing a book and then just deleting the file. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that hurt me to even say right. it. <laughs> right. Not quite there yet, are we? <laughs> that is true enlightenment. <laughs> yeah, that we're also being... That seems silly. Because yeah. that seems silly to, to, to... Yeah. But it's an extreme example of what you just said. Yeah. Perhaps yeah. an extreme example, but yeah. yeah. So for me, like over the years, so when I started my business, I thought like for many years, I thought that my work was about creating more success and manifesting Mm. greatness and like all these things. And over the past two years or so, I realized that my work, so everything to do with being soul smart is about, yes, having goals because like I'm ambitious and driven and people I work with are also ambitious and driven but letting yourself enjoy the journey. So not choosing, like, because a lot of people think like, if you take your foot off the gas, you're going to just stop. Yeah. Nothing will ever get done. Like you won't ever achieve anything. And you want to achieve those things, right? You want to write your books. You want to take those walks. You want to do Mm. run the marathon or whatever it is that you would like to experience. 
But I think it doesn't have to be an either or. You can have both. And mm. if you consciously choose to, yes, have your goals, but also commit to enjoying every single day of your journey, in my experience, it hasn't hurt my goal achievement at all. And it's probably improved it. But how did you get to that point where you had that balance between enjoying every single day and still working towards your goals? Like, how did that happen? Slowly. <laughs> <laughs> It happened intentionally. So it happened because I had to unravel success from money at the start. Mm. And my business wasn't going anywhere or mm. it felt like it wasn't going anywhere. But I was committed to it. And I was like, well, I need to have okay days. Like, I can't be crying about this every day. Mm. Like, what kind, what kind of life is that? You yeah. know, like, why am I choosing to be like involved in something that is bringing me so much misery and pain? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what is that? So I was like, all right, like, do I want to give up the business? No, but I also don't want to be crying about it. So my only choice is to focus on enjoying my days, like on doing the things in my work that feel good, enjoying myself, whether like there are external markers of success or not. So did you do something to remind yourself of that? Because it's hard to break habits. Like, did you like put up a sign that was like, enjoy the day or I don't know. I mean, not that aggressively. <laughs> yeah. So this is the process that we go through in the soul space every single month. So every month, like basically you have your vision of what you want your life to look like. Mm. And every month you choose an aspect of that to align with. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in there, I can remind you, <laughs> keep people accountable. <laughs> Otherwise, find ways to keep it front of mind. You can mm. get into the habit of putting it on your daily to-do list. In the soul space, we do vision boards, like mm. collages to kind of encapsulate that energy. You stay committed because you want to stay committed. Mm. You have to trick yourself at the start to keep it at the top of your mind, front mm. and center. But eventually, you become really committed to feeling good and feeling the way you want to feel, and it becomes a lot more natural. So when I actually, when I first started, and now it's coming back to me, when I first started, I had a daily practice of saying all my intentions out loud. Mm. And so I started my days like by saying how I feel in this new reality that I wanted to step into. And that kept me on track. What it did was because I repeated the same phrases about what described my reality every single day, they got stuck in my head. And then mm. something opposite happened later. I was like, Oh, but blah da 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 da. But you know, but ideal clients come to me easily, <laughs> or whatever it was. Or like, yeah, oh, I don't know what this is because my bank account expands as if by magic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wasn't trying. It's just that they were in my head. Those phrasings that I wanted to experience yeah. in my head, and so that they kept coming back. Yeah. Okay. So, and also, I think getting really clear on how you want to feel in your life. Like Daniela Port talks about your core desired feelings. Like, know how you want to feel. Like, what are those feelings? Yeah. And you choose one at a time. Cause I think this is, you know, how my own process really evolved. The super successful you process that I teach evolved because, like, I want to feel lots of different things, <laughs> preferably all at the same time within the space <laughs> of one day, you know, like. I want to feel inspired and I want to feel loved and I want to feel important. Like there's loads of things, mm. calm, and at peace and joyful and abundant and all sorts of other things, right? So then what do you do with that? Mm. The way you create a quantum shift, a quantum leap is by addressing the small things. So mm. you take a step at a time. You take one of those alignment focuses at a time, work on them one at a time, and you'll see before you know it that your life is changing. Mm. You start stepping into a totally different energy. Hmm. 
And I think for me, one thing that really helped me with that was earlier this year when I had a session with Fabeku, I did his superpower session. And we drilled that down to what I hadn't realized, but now I can see it in so many areas of my life, is that the thing that I'm chasing and the thing that I help people with is finding and experiencing expansive joy. And that was the feeling that I got when I would do a long distance trail. That was the feeling I got from the house in Avebury. That's the feeling I get when I do so many things. It's expansive joy. And so having that word now helps me to like tap into that feeling. Yeah. So sometimes it's a word. Sometimes it's like one of my soul spacers has an image of a ballerina. And it's not that she's going to take a ballet, right? It's just that image kind of encapsulates like what she wants to experience, that grace, that commitment, that strength, that beauty. Yeah. And she got that image from her subconscious, like Mm -hmm. during one of the processes that we did, because sometimes we tend to overthink these things. And of course, Mm -hmm. when you come at it with the conscious mind, Everybody just wants more money, more success. It always boils down to the same thing. So how do you take that for yourself? And how do you actually come up with that image or that word Mm. that will really spark something in you personally? Because it's so subjective. Yeah. For me, I made a uh, screensaver for my computer with images that trigger that feeling for me. And then that really helped me to tap into that feeling. Well, there you go. You just asked me, how do you remember to what your focus and you have the tools, right? Yeah. Yes, I have the tools to remember my focus on expansive joy, but I don't, or I probably have the tools, but I'm not using the tools to remind myself that it's okay to not be busy all the time. But if you have the tools, if you have an expansive joy screensaver, I mean, does working through a thousand emails in 10 minutes make you feel expansive joy? No. (laughs) Right? Makes so me feel the, proud of myself for being productive, which is not right? my core desired feeling. <laughs> right. So that's the thing. Like, so then it's a choice. Like, one of the things that I have to unravel, well, I had to unravel with myself and I have to unravel with people I work with is mm. that willingness aspect. Mm. Like, you yeah. have to be willing to do it a different way. You have to be yeah. willing to feel good. And people think they don't deserve to feel good because they haven't achieved all these things. They think that allowing themselves to feel good is self-indulgent or lazy or whatever else they're judging as negative, right? And so you have to unravel these things first because you're not going to even notice your screensaver Mm, until you unravel all those bits underneath, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're surrounded by this Protestant work ethic of hard work and working got a hard life and it's like got to hustle hustle is such like a word for this world that we live in and it's seen as a good thing by m- most people i think so how do we disengage from that it's a choice people see it as a good thing and people also see it as necessary so the yeah. first place to start is do you think you can have what you want without hustle like really deeply like sit yourself down with a journal and like and write about it like answer this question like from the depths of your soul Because the first answer that comes to you might not be the one that's actually in there. Is it possible to create something without hustle? I don't think it's possible to create something without work. Like this is a whole conversation about, we all got, I think, a little bit on the internet caught up in this idea of ease and effortless. But as I've heard said so many times, like, it's not effort none, right? Like there's like (laughs) some effort is required. (laughs) You can't just sit there and expect everything to come to you some action is required. I think what actually in the physical space, you you need to take some action to put things into motion. So there is some effort, right? So what point does effort become hustle? That's also something to explore for yourself, right? What's the difference for you? Mm Because I don't think anybody minds working hard for something that they really believe in. Or 
or something that they enjoy. Like for me, like I can do a workation and sit down and crank out a few thousand words of a book and it's absolutely joyful for me. Right. But it is work. Yeah, it is. So what do you consider effort and what do you Mm. consider hustle? Like those are two very different energies. Like it's actually worth it to put in effort. Like it's gratifying to put in effort towards something that's beautiful and brings you joy. Yeah. That's not the same as hustle energy, right? Yeah, exactly. But I think like, you know, all these words get mixed up for people and they end up saying like, oh, I'm against hustle, but then they hustle. Yeah. Because they don't know, they don't have other role models. Like there are very few people like Denise who are willing to say, like, I have an easy life. Like she works, obviously. Like she didn't just sit on her ass and get where she is today. But she's willing to say, I'm not a busy mom. Yeah, I think that's really important. Like I was telling you the story of I was talking to my mom who had gotten into this conversation with one of my aunts and they were basically trying to like trump the other one, like who had the harder life. And she was telling me this story and I said, why are you arguing about this? Like, why do you want to be the one who has the hardest life? I said, I'm going to say that I have the easiest life and none of you can beat me. (laughs) (laughs) But how did they respond to that? Were they like, oh, that's just crazy, Joanna? It's a bit of a shock. Like, nobody's ever said that to them. Like, we're so unwilling to admit that our life is good, to go up to someone and say, my life is really good. Like, I'm finding it really easy to do this. Because that's not what other people value. People value struggle. Like, even when you think about, like, stories that kind of make it through the ages, right? It's that hero's journey. There's a struggle in there. Like, when you think about movies and the movie arc, the storytelling arc, like, there needs to be some kind of struggle, like, either internal or external. You're fighting against something. It's hard. And in the end, even though it's hard, you win. Yeah. It's like those rags to riches stories that you get online with online entrepreneurs. Like, I was on welfare. I had nothing. My kids were going to be taken away. And then I discovered the power of webinars, Instagram, (laughs) Facebook groups, like, whatever. Insert magic and then all of a sudden now I'm a multimillionaire and that's what people want right when you tell a story of like I was pretty well off and now I'm better well off and my life is pretty easy yeah (laughs) it doesn't have the same oomph to it it doesn't and you know that's so interesting that you say that because Kate Northrup wrote that book money a love story and I've seen like I remember going on to review that book because I read it and I liked it and I found it really useful but a lot of the reviews were like this woman didn't have it that hard like her mom's a famous author like yes she got into bad debt and she had to get herself out of it but really her life wasn't that bad and I was just like but why does that invalidate her story like her Mm -hmm. story was still useful like you don't have to be like homeless to make your story useful yeah or to like have the justification for like achieving something and feeling proud of yourself. Exactly. So it's like, right? Yeah. So like those people are saying like, who is she saying that she achieved something when clearly she didn't because it wasn't good enough because she already had such a high starting point. Exactly. All she had was credit card debt. It's not like she was starving. <laughs> but she had like tens of thousands of credit card debt, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, like, I think it's just interesting to notice that in us as well, like we're, we're impressed by that yes. transformation. Yes. Right. We're also like expecting that kind of transformation from yeah. ourselves. I mean, we all have, you know, we all have our stories. Most of us have had some horrible things happen and we yeah. all have that stuff. But that doesn't mean that we're more or less worthy. Why do you think it's so hard for us to say that it's not hard for us? And like, as I'm asking this question, I'm thinking like, I recognize the fact that like, had it hard, like, now I'm in a really good spot in life. 
Like I haven't achieved all the things I want to achieve. Like I don't have all the things I want to have, blah, blah, blah. But I'm in a pretty good spot. Why do you think it's so hard for us to say this? And I'm saying like, I'm in a pretty good spot, but like, honestly, things are pretty good. And it's so fucking hard for me to say that. Why? Because I feel like, like, I don't want to trigger people's shit. Yeah. Like, I don't want to trigger people who are out there having a shitty time and thinking, oh, look at her and her fucking good life. Like, it seems unfair, right? Yeah. We both have Asperger's. So yeah. that fairness is yeah. really important to yeah. both of us. Maybe that's why it's like, maybe we're having this conversation <laughs> and why it's so hard. I'm really, really conscious of that. Like, it's almost like it's not fair that yeah. my life is so good and your life sucks. <laughs> yeah. But also <laughs> you know? I've worked to get where I am. Like, yeah, I but see, you're oh, putting fuck? the work Yes, back. I know. I know. I know. And I'm not but judging you. Like, no, I know. But thank you for pointing it out because I think that's important because I feel like I have to. But I know because I said that to you, but what was in my own head was I worked really hard to get where I am. Yeah, you did. And I know that. And so that justifies it. And but, but if we hadn't worked hard and we had just been given what we've got, how would that be different? Like the world's not going to fall apart. Like some people do get like trust funds and like inheritances and win the lottery. Like they don't do much. They just exist or buy a lottery ticket and then get stuff given to them. Like, is that so bad? Oh my God, like I have so much judgment in my head right now. Okay, good. So so definitely something there for me to look at. <laughs> and if you're listening to this and you have so much judgment, look at that. <laughs> I mean, like really, it depends. Like you can get that trust fund, you can get that inheritance and you can do awesome shit with it and, and like not save the world, but like make the world a better place. Or you can just, you know, buy yourself 75 Mercedes and like drive around in a new car every day of the week. Which is wrong, right? Well, <laughs> I mean, how wrong is it? Like, I well, mean, like that sounds no, I, so indulgent, but like, is it hurting the world? Like, you're giving all the Mercedes car people, like, jobs. I don't know. We're starting to get a little bit, both of us, ranty, I think. It's an emotional thing. Like, I don't know, like, top of my head, I think it is wrong. Because yeah. I think there's better things you can do with that money. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And buy 75 Mercedes. But, I mean, that's not to say that you can't, like, do something for yourself either but that's yeah. i think that's a total maybe we yeah, need to yeah. do i think that's probably like a whole different theme yeah <laughs> so how do you give yourself permission to be unbusy like how do you like it's not just to rest yeah. right because again like we're living in a world of duality and so we have this tendency to make things either or and very yes. opposite to each other so either you're working or you're resting yeah right either yeah. you're being productive or you're being lazy yeah exactly so for me, that's really hard. And I just went through that because I had a really busy month and a half with like a ton of stuff, which I've already talked about on my podcast a thousand times. And like everyone on my mailing list knows it. Like I was super busy. I was so busy and I don't like being busy. So it was really stressful. I mean, it was all good stuff. That's the thing. It was like such good stuff, but it like was all crammed into a month and a half and it was really hard. <laughs> so I came out of that. And there was a week where I was like, this is the date where I'm going to get back on track and I'm going to get my routine back and I'm going to do stuff. And then I got to that week. I just crashed. I had no energy. Like I did some stuff, but I had to give myself permission to just sit in bed and read a book to not do all the stuff because I couldn't, like I couldn't focus on getting stuff done. And that's not that in itself is fine, but I think what's not fine is that you're really judging that. Like I totally judged. I felt so guilty. Like I knew, like I gave myself permission to rest. I gave myself permission to not be busy. I gave myself permission to read a book. But the whole time I felt guilty about it. And that's the problem. 
Yeah. So it's like, you feel like you shouldn't have been doing that, like, which kind of negates the whole, exactly, like the positive energy coming from exactly giving yourself that space, right? I think it becomes easier with time. I also think that like, it becomes easier when you do it more regularly, like, yeah, it's like like, building a muscle. Yeah, it is. It really is. Like I find like, when I first started kind of really being conscious of giving myself space and what I needed, I would watch like two hours of television in the middle of the day with everything else that I have to be doing. Mm -hmm. I thought that was insane. I was just like, oh my God, like, but I was like, but this is clearly what I need. That really like, that was exactly what I wanted to do. I thought, okay, this is going to be forever. And it wasn't like, I haven't watched TV during the day, probably in about three years now. I thought this was going to be my thing. Yeah, totally. (laughs) was not, you know? But, like, I make sure that I read a bit of my book every day. Like, even if it's for just 10 minutes, Mm. I make sure that I get outside Mm. most days, right? So Mm -hmm. it makes it a lot easier to give yourself that space if you kind of build it into your day. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And give yourself reminders. Because, like, for example, an example of what not to do. So I used to eat three meals a day like normal people. And so I would always block out my meals in my calendar and I'd have an hour blocked out for lunch every day. And it was my rest and I would like make a nice salad and I would like, it was a really good break from the day. But since I started doing intermittent fasting and I no longer eat breakfast and lunch, I deleted those meals from my calendar and now I don't take a break in the middle of the day. And so I think that's another reason why I get to the end of the day. I have an extra hour in my work day because I didn't have lunch Uh and I'm burnt out a lot of days. Yeah. So you really need to, I think, like envision, spend some time envisioning Mm. what your life looks like the way you want it. And I think it's that basic work on what does success actually look like for you? Like when you've arrived, what do things look like? And then align with that, right? And that's exactly what I've done with myself. And that's exactly what I take people through. In my opinion, it's the only way. Like, I don't usually like to say it's the only way. But in this case, I think it's the only way. I don't think there's a quick fix. I do think that we need to keep making different choices and taking different sorts of action. Otherwise, Mm. we're just going to get the same of what we currently have. Yeah, absolutely. So there are some different, like there needs to be some progress and some stuff going on, right? Mm. But at the same time, I don't think we can achieve anything that really matters unless we learn to enjoy the journey. Yeah, I agree. I agree. However, like one of the things that I fear, I think, and I think why it's so hard for me to give myself guilt-free, unbusy weeks or days is that I think I'm afraid, like you said, that you, when you were watching TV every day for a couple of hours, that you thought that was going to be the thing. Like, I think I'm afraid I'm just going to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to have a restful week. I'm going to not be busy this week. And then I'm just going to like slide down into this abyss of just nothingness and like not doing anything and being super lazy. I don't think that's possible. I agree. Like I logically, like I know that's not going to happen because I can't function that way. Like I wouldn't be able to survive, but like, I think that's the fear in the back of my mind. And that's the voice that gives me the guilt to keep me on track with being busy so that I don't be like lazy forever. So in my experience, and I've given myself loads of space to be lazy, but in my experience, like I got to a point where I was pretty rested and I was pretty relaxed about things and it was time to start having goals again. So I went through a whole period where I didn't even set goals. Mm. I just kind of went with the flow and did this bit of this, bit of that. And I wasn't very driven, even though that's my personality. But I mean, I've been driven for 40 years. Like (laughs) sometimes you just need a break, right? 
So, like, there was a moment where I thought to myself, okay, I think I need to be a bit harsher <laughs> sometimes because it's almost like I remember my guide saying to me, like, you've now learned to give yourself space, mm -hmm. but don't use it as an excuse not to do the stuff that makes you uncomfortable. Mm. Right? So after you learn to give yourself space and permission, guilt-free, all that stuff, like, you need to learn that discernment mm. between when time off or unbusy time is, like, what you need. Mm-hmm versus like you're just making excuses because there's something that you're resisting something that's yeah. uncomfortable that you know will bring you to the next level and you don't want to do it so you're not doing it then that's an opportunity to get to know yourself and that line and where it lies for you a little bit better okay so how do you tell the difference intuitively and again mm. like it's a muscle Sometimes I can really feel, and sometimes I think it can be misleading as well, because we're very good at tricking ourselves. Yeah, exactly. So how do you know when you need to like push yourself a little? When I see that no progress is being made. Okay. Right. Because like everybody else who's listening to this podcast, I also want something different from my life. Like right. my life is very good and I want some different things. I yeah. want to experience some different things. Right. And when I see that nothing is happening because I'm doing my puzzle all the time. <laughs> Like I mean, you're you achieving can, lots of puzzles, though you're solving lots yes, of puzzles. You yeah. got, but you can feel when enough yeah. is enough. Like you can actually feel that switch to okay. Like now I have the mental yeah. space to tackle this. It comes with being intentional about your life, being super aware about what's happening, and which you are, and I think a lot of our listeners aim to be. Mm. Right? Like to be really like aware and conscious of why they're making certain choices and what things are happening yeah. and what beliefs are coming up, all that kind of stuff. Right. And it just comes with that and you just get better and better. And honestly, you're not going to spend three years doing puzzles, right? Like maybe you'll spend three days yeah. and then be like, okay, I've spent three days on this now. Like, do I need to start a new one or do I need to do some work? Yeah. <laughs> you know? exactly. like, <laughs> and it's kind of then a natural choice to say, yeah. I'd quite like to. Yeah the puzzle because it's easier yeah okay and this is actually a really important thing like it's not a trick it's just how i frame things mm. is the concept of choice right so sometimes mm -hmm. i feel like what i really want to do is do puzzle or keep mm. reading my book or whatever it is but what i choose to do is to tackle this thing that i've been resisting because mm -hmm. i know that that's what's actually aligned with the version of me that i want to become and the reality that i want to experience right so eventually you're going to choose for either staying in place. Yeah. Yeah. Or the next thing, right? Or your next level. There's no shaming here. Like, it's totally okay to choose for where you are. Like, everybody has days where you're like, actually, you know, like, I have zero interest in moving forward today. Like, yeah. I just want to read my book. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, and that's perfectly okay. And you can do that for your entire life. Like, we put such pressure on ourselves to create more, to create something different, etc. If you're happy with what you have, you're good. That's fine. Yeah. You're good. Great. Well done. But if you're happy and you would also love to have either something more or something different, yeah. then make sure you're choosing for that. Yeah. And that's the alignment stuff, right? That's yeah. where we choose to feel proud of ourselves, even though we haven't achieved what we want to achieve, because we know that that ultimate highest potential version of us feels proud. And so that's what we're choosing for. Hmm. It's all a balance. Yes. Of 
like knowing where you're going. Yeah. So having a vision, having goals, but also I think even more importantly, allowing yourself to enjoy the journey. Because again, yeah. the journey isn't like random thing. The journey is your life. A lot of the times when we achieve the ultimate end, it's actually going to be pretty ultimate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like, you know, let's not rush towards that. No? Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, obviously, we never know when we're going to die, but let's assume we're going to live long lives because otherwise, how do you live your life? But yeah, why would we rush towards that? Unless we are in a bad place and we want yeah, to rush towards that. In which case, towards, you- yeah. I mean, that's the thing, though, because we say all these sayings and the journey and this and that. But like when you stop and think about it, it's your life. Your everyday life is the actual journey. So if you have a choice, which you do, why would you not choose to enjoy that? Like that makes absolutely no sense. Of course, you're going to enjoy the journey. Yeah. Although, like, as you say that, like people come to mind who are just absolutely miserable and seem to enjoy being miserable. Well, because those people haven't yet realized that they have a choice. And that's part of personal development and all that stuff, right? Which our listeners are into. Exactly. Yeah. They will take that. I mean, there is a choice there. You can be happy or you can be miserable in all sorts of situations, right? Yeah, exactly. Like you don't have to have everything perfect in order to be. Indeed. All right. That's a good place to end on, right? You don't have achieved everything on your list in order to feel good about yourself and to be happy. Yeah, you can feel happy today. All right. So uh, thank you for this. And I look forward to our next one. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for listening to the Soul Smart Podcast. You can find more information about today's episode, including any links we mentioned at joannahennon.com slash blog. If you'd like to hang out with more women who are on the path to being more soul smart, Join my free community, The Greatness Collective, at joannahennon.com slash community. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a quick review on iTunes. It only takes a moment and means a lot. Have a great day and remember, hustle is overrated. Let your soul steer you to success and greatness. Greatness.